You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog where we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you for those who are checking out the show for the first time. And another thank you for those that are loyal fans coming back to check in on us again today. We have a ton of actual Chargers news to talk about. Actual Chargers on the field at minicamp. First, let me tell you guys, if you want to keep up with the show, make sure you go follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us there. And if you're looking for an all-around NFL show that's going to be quick and keep you updated on everything going on throughout the league so you know when the Chargers have a tough matchup coming up, The Peacock and Williamson show is the place to go for that. But back to the Chargers because minicamp has officially started. We saw some photo shoots on Monday, some really funny moments there. But on Tuesday, we got to see some video, you know, and some press conferences from the minicamp itself. So we have a couple of people we want to talk about, but we're going to start with Daniel Popper's takeaways from his day at minicamp and talk about the Chargers having full attendance and some of the guys who saw the field in some interesting spots. And then we'll get into some press conferences because we got some really good sound from linebacker Drew Tranquil and tight end Jared Cook. So in the second segment, we'll talk about Jared Cook saying that this is a more skilled offense potentially than what he had with the New Orleans Saints. And then to wrap up the show, we'll get into Drew Tranquil talking or maybe dissing Gus Bradley a little bit and talking about chasing Tyreek Hill down the field and how things will be different. So Let's go ahead and get into it. Daniel Popper, one of our favorite, you know, Chargers beat writers for sure, came out with 10 takeaways from minicamp from the Chargers. And we're only going to get into a couple of things here, David, mostly just about what they actually saw on the field. Because guess what? We weren't able to be at minicamp. So we're taking notes from all the guys who were out there. Yes. I mean, we'll be there at some point. But that would have been a long commute for me to go and especially a long commute. For Even you, longer for me. <laughs> but I think the first thing that stood out and the first thing that you want to see is no contract holdouts. That's the best way to start any type of mandatory practice, right? And this is the first mandatory practice that we've seen from the Chargers. And they had perfect attendance. And the one guy who didn't show up to anything voluntary, Joey Bosa, most importantly with his you know fresh contract, was on the field. But always great to see full attendance and not have any contract drama to talk about yeah I mean we definitely don't want that and it seems like Brandon Staley is running a ship where it's very collaborative with the players and they really feel comfortable coming into work yes it's a mandatory mini camp but we've already seen several examples around the league of guys that have not showed up I mean key important guys and the Chargers are not one of those teams so that already in within itself is a good start no Melvin Gordon situation in this camp Last year, I think Tom Telesco really did what he needed to to make sure guys like Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa, obviously foundational pieces on both sides of the ball, were able to show up to everything right and not cause any issues. Melvin Ingram, though, if we remember last year, was not happy with his non-guaranteed contract 
going into the season, and they think the Chargers made that right for him. But now getting into what we saw today, there were a couple of interesting notes that Popper took from his camp, including who was returning punts. So last year, we saw K.J. Hill return punts. He didn't end up muffing one. Overall, he was pretty average, I would say. Not terrible, but didn't really have any explosive plays back there. Now we get to see who this coaching staff wants to see returning punts and who was getting the first cracks at it. And that ended up being K.J. Hill, Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, and Austin Prohl, who, you know, probably will not make the team, but it is a good chance for him, you know, if he returns every punt that he gets in practice for a touchdown, maybe he will make the team. But it was just (laughs) interesting to see who this new coaching staff wants to see back there. I think speed after K.J. Hill was a big component. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's where you want it on the football field. I mean, you want to be able to flip field position and why not get it in get the ball in the hands of two of your fastest guys on your team. I mean, Tyron Johnson and Jalen Jalen Guyton routinely caught 40, 50 plus yard touchdowns last year. I mean, at a crazy clip. So why not give them an opportunity to return pumps and see if that speed translates to the open field on a punt return? Yes, it's a little bit different, but I mean, speed kills. I mean, if you can weaponize that on punt returns, I mean, hey, why not give it a shot? Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like there's kind of a split in philosophy here because I think with guys like K.J. Hill and Austin Pro, you're getting more of the quickness, right? Maybe not as much of the top speed, even though Pro is pretty fast. K.J. Hill had a notoriously slow 40 time, but then just two guys who, if a seam opens up, right, they get through that seam, they could take it to the house easily and they don't really have to make many people miss. I think Tyron Johnson is the one that is really interesting to me because we know he has that speed and I think he had a little bit more lateral agility than Jalen Guyton did last season. So that would be very interesting. But obviously the number one rule with everything that we've seen from the Chargers punt returners, just be able to catch the football, right? Because I mean, (laughs) don't run backwards and I'm definitely talking about you, Travis Benjamin. Yeah. Don't run backwards. And just most importantly, just catch the football because I remember last year just being like, there has to be an option, right? Desmond King's muffing punts. Then you have KJ Hill coming in and muffing a punt. We've seen so many muff punts from this team. We're like, what are these guys doing in practice? There has to be somebody in practice that is catching these punts when they come down. But just as far as what they were actually doing at minicamp, I thought was interesting just because much like you saw on OTAs, the first hour, the defense and offense were on different sides of the field or on different fields entirely, according to Popper. And that was the fast-paced part of the practice where everyone's going through full-speed individual drills. Then the second hour... With helmets on, too. With with helmets and cleats. With helmets and cleats. Then they get out of the cleats, put on regular shoes for the second hour, and that's when they did their walkthrough types of things and kept it more at that walkthrough pace. But you did get to see videos of Keenan Allen out there. I don't know how anyone covers him. I mean, some of the cuts he was making just even at the start of this camp scare me. Just because I don't think body parts of someone that size are supposed to move that quickly. I mean, such elite short area quickness for a guy that size, but one of the teaching tape. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something you definitely want to show any young wide receiver that wants to learn. But one other group that I think we're interested in. And one interesting note here was that Brandon phase the cornerback continued to work with the first team defense as an outside corner, Ryan Smith, the special team specialist that they brought in from the Buccaneers also rotated as a sub-package defensive back with the first team. So that is interesting on two levels, David, because I think 
we see this, even though I think, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. is still going to be the number one corner when they come out in week one. That is the next guy up, right? Brandon Faison is when they're in those mm-hmm. sub packages and have, you know, three plus DBs on the field. And even though we talk about Ryan Smith being a special teams ace and having that ability, he is still going to contribute on the defense potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think this is good news. I mean, for Brandon Faison and Ryan Smith, if we're able to get any type of production, like positive production from them at the cornerback position, that just makes that defensive back group look a lot more healthy and a lot more versatile. I mean, we already know that they're going to use different guys in different packages to try to limit the offense. So if these guys can come in, show some improvement, um, get some development that we haven't seen in years past, I think that's only going to help this room get deeper. Yeah, and they just have a lot of guys that they seem to be comfortable with at this point or at least want to see what they look like when they're out there right now because they will be finding four roster spots, especially with a guy like Brandon Faison. It could be between him and Tavon Campbell as we see it right now, and we'll save that for you know some training camp battles that we will definitely get into. But just another note, Kenneth Murray wasn't out there, something I'm not worried about at this point. He said he feels like he could play today. No real reason to have him out there, you know, other than just learning this defense, but I'm sure he's still doing that in some capacity. So nothing to be concerned about yet. And obviously everyone at this point, and we're going to hear from, you know, Drew Tranquil about it, is feeling very healthy, very energetic. And the Chargers, with how they're handling this mandatory minicamp, are doing their best to keep it that way. I mean, they have put an emphasis on, we want all these guys to get to the season because they know how crippling it is to lose guys like this at a time like this when you really should just be learning. But we do have two more segments to get into next. I want to talk about Jared Cook and what he had to say and the high expectations that he put on the Chargers offense coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, the only place you should ever go for any kind of auto part that you need. Firstly, I've used it. I am a valued rockauto.com customer at this point. Just the last couple of things I've gotten were my fiance's alternator, and now I just had to buy her some new brakes because hers were starting to squeak pretty out of control. I pulled up to a stoplight. I had people staring at me when I was driving her car, and I was like, time for new brakes, buddy. I don't, I don't want to be driving your car and being embarrassed, and rockauto.com was the place to go. It was the first thing that I thought of. Went on there and a few easy clicks. I got it delivered right to my house. You don't have to even leave your house. You don't have to go search through a chain storefronts to see if they have the brakes that you need. Got the parts that I needed delivered right to me. And right now, if you guys go to rockauto.com, you can see all the parts they have available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, David, we got into some mini camp notes, but now it's time to get into a couple of guys that talked at their press conferences during mini camp. And I love how available these guys have been because I think especially in a new season, a lot of new players and entirely new coaching staff, we're learning a little bit every time we get one of these press conferences, right? Like it feels like we're getting another little piece of what we're going to see offensively and defensively. And I think that Jared Cook really had some good things and some very interesting and high expectations for this team. But Jared Cook is a guy that I just loved how self-aware he was just about, you know, staying healthy at his age, being able to keep bringing that kind of youthful energy to practice and just, you know, really taking care of his body and all of those things. But 
he's still been very productive even at his age. I mean, I think a lot of the places he's gone have given him too high of expectations that maybe been have been impossible to kind of achieve, but he still puts out solid production every year, it seems like, even at this point in his career. And one of the things that we've talked about with Jared Cook is how familiar he is with the offense that they're running now that Joe Lombardi and him have reunited in Los Angeles, and we know there's going to be a lot of similarities to the New Orleans Saints offense, David. And one thing that he said is really only about 30 to 40% of this offense is exactly what he saw in New Orleans. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting tidbit. And I mean, just a caveat or piggyback off of what you were saying before, it just seems like all these guys are so transparent. I mean, it's a, we're getting so much more information with the players, with the coaching staff. I mean, it's just it's really resonated throughout the organization, and it's really refreshing. It's really awesome to hear that. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting because we didn't know how much the New Orleans offense was going to be in this new Chargers offense that they're developing. And to hear that it's only 30 to 40% and most of that is the passing concepts, I think is a, a really interesting note to talk about here. Yeah, and we know that, you know, a lot of that running game is probably going to come from Green Bay, like Corey Lindsay talked about, and we'll get into maybe some of his press conference on, on Friday's show. But that's where a lot of that's going to come in from, Green Bay and San Francisco, and from that Shanahanian wide zone scheme kind of system. But what he said was just that in this offense, they're trying to find different ways to get different guys the ball. There's different nuances on certain plays that they didn't run in the past. And he said, we've added a new glitch to that, and I think that just works out better on a lot on different plays. So he said it really is kind of a completely new offense, which is kind of what we've heard, right? Themes of this the spine of the New Orleans offense, but having a collaborative effort where you're taking guys like Kevin Kroger from Green Bay and Shane Day from San Francisco and Joe Lombardi and putting these guys all in the same room and trying to build an offense about what they've been able to see on the field so far. But one of the things that he kind of mentioned as far as what he expected from the Chargers was that they would put up 26 points a game on average is basically what he was saying. If you have 26 points a game, if you're able to do that consistently, you're going to stick around and you're going to win games. And you're going to be there at the end of the game no matter what, trying to finish games in the fourth quarter. But one of the things that led to, David, was him saying that we probably got better receiver talent here than we had in New Orleans. He also just talked about the overall talent too. But when you hear that, you're kind of like, oh, well, if that offense that you're you know, getting compared to is doing that and you think that this could be better, I think that's pretty high praise. And I think at least as far as the receivers go and offensive skill weapons, their top guys, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, as good as you know anyone at their positions in the NFL. But you use the combination of Jared Cook and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Tyron Johnson and Austin Eckler. I mean, I don't think it's crazy. No, I don't think it's crazy either. I mean, like you mentioned, you just look at all the different things that our skill position players can do. I mean, I just like I really like the personnel groupings on offense as well, because there are a lot of different skill guys on this team that can do a lot of very specific good things that can help your offense. The Chargers have the possession guys, the speed guys, the guys that can get open, the guys that are uh, really good in the open field, guys that can go up and get the football. I mean, there's just so many different weapons in this Chargers offense that I'm really excited to see how they're going to deploy. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we just didn't see, you know, with Anthony Lynn was tailoring anything to the players they had. I mean, they tried to use Joe Reed and still 
couldn't find a way to get him the ball consistently in any of the formations that they were running. And I think that they were pretty basic, but that's what you see a lot of teams do, right? Is using a lot of different personnel groupings, using some groupings that you might not see a lot of other teams use to try to get certain guys in favorable matchups. And I think that's what it's been a lot about so far is just the favorable matchups, finding ways to create those mismatches and using guys. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and he said, you know, when you see Keenan Allen and Mike Williams moving all over the formation, doing little different things in their routes to get open and finding new ways to get those two guys the ball, it's going to make it a lot easier for guys like him over the middle trying to make a living getting receptions from Justin Herbert as well. And I think he will have a ton of targets. And he talked about Justin Herbert too just because he was asked about, you know, his first impressions of Justin Herbert, and he said, smart quarterback, he's doing a good job of getting the offense down. I've seen some other quarterbacks at his age in this offense that just don't get it, and they never get it. What I see from him is that the corrections that he's making aren't big ones, but the little ones that he makes, he picks up on them fast, he changes it, it's not a repetitive correction thing, and I think that's something that we saw even a little bit last year, David, and I think it is interesting him saying, you know, hey, some guys never get it, right, especially young guys like him, and he's already kind of getting it, which I think is an encouraging sign. But the other thing is, is we saw that last year, right? Throws a pick, throwing across his body. Next week, he runs for a first down. We saw yeah. him kind of checking those boxes off last year where you didn't see the same kind of interception twice, right? You didn't see him making the same mistakes over and over again. It seems like he does it, he makes a mistake, he corrects it, and you're not going to have to talk with him about it again. I mean, which is really encouraging. And, and yes, all those examples last year, you saw him take those criticisms or make those mistakes and then correct them on the spot and do it so quickly. I mean, for some guys, it doesn't happen that way. So for everyone to say, hey, he's making these small mistakes, but he's able to correct them and move forward and not make the same mistakes again, that just shows his intelligence, it shows his aptitude, and it shows his, his, like, his hunger to really master this offense, which is really exciting. Yeah, and I think that's really the biggest thing what we've been not even concerned about, but like having faith in Justin Herbert to pick up this new offense, I think has helped us continue to feel like this will be a high-powered, prolific offense, as Jared Cook put it, because we know how many different offensive coordinators Justin Herbert's had. We know all the different head coaching changes that he's been through. And now, even going into this, we think it'll be a better offense for him, and it doesn't really matter if the offense is better for him or not if he's not picking it up, right? If he is yeah. tripping over the same things, if he is struggling to get command of the huddle and to line guys up correctly. And I think the other part of that is the offensive line, right? And how much Corey Lindsley is going to help him with checks and do all of those things. Even right now to get to a point where he's comfortable with those guys, comfortable with the wide receivers, and he's able to get every play correct and know where guys should be to help the rest of the players and keep elevating the players around him like we saw him do in 2020, that's great, right? That's all you can ask for. That's the reason you feel comfortable saying that he could take a leap in year two as opposed to going into a sophomore slump. But we do have one more segment to get into because we got to hear from Drew Tranquil doing his first press conference since a season-ending injury in 2020 made him miss pretty much the entire year. So it was good catching up with him and hearing some shade about Gus Bradley. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that my favorite protein bar, hands down, has got to be Built Bar. I mean, I love Built Bars. 
They're my favorite protein bar, and the thing I love about them is that you get variety. You can spice things up. You don't have to ever have the same bar two days in a row because they have nine amazing flavors, and they're always alternating limited time flavors, and pretty much everything they release that's like a specialty, I'm upset when it goes away. So make sure you guys always check on BuiltBar.com to see what kind of flavors they have that day. But you're always going to get the peanut butter brownies, the cookies and cream, the mint brownies, all of the good stuff. And the nice thing about Built Bar is you can have it. You can feel like you're eating that candy bar and getting that guilty treat without actually having any of the guilt because almost all of the bars are 170 calories or fewer, less than four net carbs, less than four net grams of sugar. Pretty much any diet you are on, you can fit Built Bar into that end. Really, they're so convenient to just take with you. But we can even save you guys some money because right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. I know I've told you guys about this a lot, but this is the place that we trust putting our money, and I know there's other places that you can go, but this is the one I've gotten the most consistently good bets to find the best odds that you're going to find, in my opinion. And really, right now, there's just so much good stuff to bet on. You shouldn't wait till football season. You should get warmed up right now with some NBA playoffs that are going on. Even the Stanley Cup playoffs have just been banger after banger as far as good games that we've seen. And UFC is going on. We got a Conor McGregor fight coming up. We had a hell of a card. I know you enjoyed that card last weekend, David. I mean, these are some of the funnest things to bet on, especially when you're seeing stuff like seven-second knockouts. Oh, man, it's amazing. I mean, just seeing those Tasmanian Devils in there getting after it, I mean, that is so much fun. There's nothing like having some action on the bout, too. I mean, whether it's your favorite fighter and you know they're going to win, so you're putting money on them, or you're just hoping somebody gets lucky, somebody lands that right hook, and you're cashing out right at Bet Online. And right now, we can even help you guys get started because if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On, all caps for a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, well, Jared Cook helped us get excited about this Chargers new offense with Joe Lombardi and all of those skill position players. But let's flip it over to the defensive side of things here with linebacker Drew Tranquil. And naturally, what most everyone wanted to talk with him about was just how he is feeling. He had a pretty gruesome injury, David, on the first series of the first week of the NFL season. And we know he's had stuff like this before, but he said this time was different, right? He said, hey, that's tough mentally too. Like as much as it sucks having to go through rehab and all that stuff, that's a tough spot to be in to have your season lost like that, right? Just your entire season, which you prepped relentlessly for, is out the window. So that's the first thing Drew Tranquil was asked about when he got on the podium. And what he said is, I feel 100%. I've been very, very fortunate, very blessed, haven't had any real complications Surgery was fantastic. He said he's able to cut, get after it, run full speed. He feels very good about where he's at. And I feel very good about where he's at, David, because it's great to see him out there in the short shorts, really flying around because we know what kind of piece he is for this defense and how important he is to that linebacking core. Well, I just remember being really excited to see him next to Kenneth Murray. I mean, we didn't really get that opportunity, and it sucks because he just got hurt and he lost his entire season. Yeah, we didn't he, he see it at all. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you just it sucks. I mean, you just feel terrible for the guy. I mean, like you mentioned, you put all your time, your energy, your tears, your sweat 
into this season and preparing to go out there and play your best. And it in just a snap of a finger, it's all gone. And he even said, I mean, this this was the more traumatic of the, the major injuries that he suffered, that it was really, really tough for him. He said it was tough for him mentally, and he said it was the most traumatic. I thought that was pretty crazy. But the fact that he was able to, you know, kind of rehab there with, with Derwin James and kind of, you know, really have somebody there with him to rehab and push them both to get back and be back healthy, two extremely important pieces that are going to be important to be healthy this season for the Chargers. Yeah, I think that's a very fortunate thing to have somebody like Derwin James with you at the facility like they were last season. As he talked about, you know, both those guys were in the same training facility trying to recover last year, and now this year they were still working out together. And I thought was interesting was he said that he's beaten Derwin James in a lot of the things that they're doing because they're so competitive. Some of the rope pulls. I need the receipts, Drew. <laughs> some of the I need sprints. the receipts. I mean, the rope pulls, you know, look at those biceps on Drew Tranquil. I'm definitely not going to doubt him there. He's freakish of an athlete, as Derwin James is. And we were talking about, you know, how Drew Tranquil joked that they're not even from the same kind of genetics, right? He was more blessed. Yeah, he said he has genetically. different DNA. Yeah, absolutely. But he said, hey, I'm still right there with him. Rope pulls, sprints. I have, I mean, a lot of sprints. I don't believe it. The thing is, is like sprints can be a lot of different things, right? Especially as people who grew up playing football. Like, if you're doing gassers, right, sideline to sideline and back, and you're on your tenth one, maybe Drew Tranquil is pulling some of those off, right? Because a lot of times at that point of the practice, you're just pushing through, right? Like you're just, yeah, you're not running at a hundred percent of your speed. You're probably down to like sixty-five, seventy percent at that point, and. You just got to push yourself. But with how competitive Derwin James is, it's hard to imagine anyone out-competitiving him, right? Out-competing him out there on the field. So that was pretty funny. But we have to get into here what he said about the differences between last year's defense and this year's defense. Because (laughs) obviously the defense is much different. He wasn't even in the defense really last year. But he worked with Gus Bradley when he was a rookie. And this is what he had to say. In the last defense, I just remember a play against Kansas City towards the end of my rookie year. I was running with Tyreek Hill straight down the middle of the field. Not an ideal matchup. I like to think that I can compete against anybody. He's a little bit faster than I am. So we're going to put our players now in a position to win our matchups. I think you will see us more at the second level and letting those back guys handle the vertical routes. Coach Staley keeps emphasizing. Let's let you play linebacker. Let's let you play linebacker. So I think through the communications and through his schematics, he's able to put us in those positions that are favorable. So not a very subtle shot. <laughs> I, guess I love probably. it, though. I mean, oh, man, do I love it. Sure. And and we've heard it, you know, from guys like Kenneth Murray, a little less directly, Ryan. We've heard it from some of the other guys. And I think you can just tell in the excitement of these players. Like, I feel like before when Chargers defenders were getting excited, it was about the players, right? Yeah. It was looking at... Hey, it's Gus Bradley here, but we're not talking about Gus Bradley. We're talking about, I'm excited for this defense because we have, you know, in the past, Derwin James and Joey Bosa and Drew Tranquil, right? And that's kind of what you would hear from the players. Now you're hearing about what the coaches are going to do for them and how that's going to improve their game. So I think it's probably best, David, if you don't have any of your linebackers running down the field with Tyreek Hill, and I think we'll see a little less of that now. Thank you, God. And yes, I mean, there's multiple examples of linebackers getting matched up on wide receivers that they have absolutely no business covering. One that still sticks out to me is Kyle Emanuel 
trying to cover Anthony Sherman, the fullback, (laughs) even from the uh, Chiefs that one game. And I just like threw my hands up in there. I'm like, is Kyle Manuel really getting burnt, you know, 40 yards down the field right now? I'm excited not to have to do that. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just really nice that these players, like he said, are going to be put in positions to win their matchups. I mean, I think that is just going to be so important and it's going to be really nice to see. I mean, all these players, they just want to go out there and be able to compete. And I mean, when you're putting up against a wide receiver that is probably the fastest in the league by far, that's not setting them up for success. So allowing guys that are more tailored to cover those guys actually do that in this defense is only going to end up with a much better result. Absolutely. I mean, I think, like I said, like if your linebacker's running that far down the field, I mean, maybe occasionally on a wheel route if they're man-to-man with a running back, stuff like that can happen. But to have Drew Tranquil, right, to have Kazir White, any of these guys covering Tyreek Hill on a deep, you know, route up the middle of the field like that. Like I just said, we'll kind of hang around the second level. We'll let the defensive backs take on those routes that they're trying to beat us on deep. And yeah, of course, that's the way it should be, right? So we don't have to see that anymore. But I did like what he said just about how Brandon Staley is going to try to compete, you know, against other offenses. And what are you saying? Just what he has seen so far from this defense he was saying that there's a lot of communication and that can be a little bit harder but it's a good thing because what they can do is match up against a lot of different offensive schemes and he said whether a team wants to get into 21 21 personnel which is two backs and a tight end impound the football against them or if they want to spread it out run rpos they have defenses that can match up against those schemes and i think that's also nice Dave, because i think at least as far as personnel goes i think we have issues with the depth at certain positions but it is nice to know hey like we've talked about before right I mean just because you don't have a lot of guys who are good run defenders doesn't mean you can't schematically help them right to try to accentuate what they do good attack certain areas to try to slow down the running game in a lot of situations too often we just saw the Chargers get bulldozed right so even though I like what they're saying about them getting spread out and things like that that's the one that appeals to me the most is just being able to attack, you know, when guys want to try to stuff it down your throat, you're going to have different kind of schemes and formations to try to attack that without just, you know, rolling the same guys out into the same defensive scheme and just hoping that they're better at stopping them. Yeah, I mean, D- Gus Bradley's scheme was just that. It was his scheme. Doesn't matter who the players were, you were going to fit. You know, even if you were a, a square peg going into a round hole, it didn't matter because that's what Gus Bradley deployed with his defensive style. And this is going to be completely different, which I think is going to be better for the players, for the defense. It's going to be a much better product because you're going to put these players in positions to go out there and make plays in plays that they should be in and not in positions they should not be in. So that I think is going to be really good for this defense. I mean, and that, that vision, I mean, kind of what Brandon Stale was saying, how he wanted it on offense, defense, special teams. It seems like everything's going to be uniform. Yeah. And you always hear about the offense trying to create mismatches, right? You don't hear it as much about the defense. So that is exciting that they're going to try to get matches. We're like, okay, well the guy we have covering this guy, that's a positive matchup for him. You know, the guy that's covering this area of the field, that's a positive matchup for him because now it's going to lead to more turnovers for sure. And then my last thing on Drew Tranquil would just be, hey, if I'm Nick Neiman, I'm following this guy around like a puppy dog because 
He was a fourth-round pick coming in. Neiman's a sixth-round pick. And how did he get on the field, right? It was during these times showing what he could do on special teams, getting rules on special teams into the season, blocking punts, making tackles, earning playing time on the field. And even though it took him, you know, for the first few games, he wasn't supposed to be the starting linebacker that year, but they couldn't afford not to put him out there because of what he was able to do on special teams. So if I'm Nick Neiman, I'm finding out everything this guy did and trying to kind of follow that road to getting playing time defensively because we all know he's going to have to contribute on special teams to be a part of this team right now because he does have some deficiencies just as far as being a well-rounded linebacker. But I can't wait to see what else we get out of minicamp. I'm sure we'll get some more by the time we're back with you guys on Friday. But if not, we do still have some really good stuff from Corey Lindsley talking about the offense. We also have Chris Harris Jr. Looking forward to how Brandon Staley is going to use them in this new defense and much more that we'll get into then. But until then, to make sure you guys don't miss it, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. And make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. We would really appreciate that, and that's what helps keep the show going. Another way to make sure you guys get the show and make sure that you get our takes is to follow us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find the show's page on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. We post all of the shows to all three of our pages, and we also post them on Facebook and our Locked On Chargers Facebook group, as well as our Instagram, which is at LockedOnChargers. If you guys want to be a part of the show and get your voice on the show, you guys can leave a voicemail at the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that's going to wrap it up for us today, guys. We'll be back with you guys on Friday with some more press conference and some more mini camp news and more. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.